So in case you haven't heard on social meds, which is what I'm calling it now, guys, and I apologize in advance for that, we are going to be at Panic Fest 2022. Panic Fest! Yeah. We, in fact, honestly, this is like the last time we saw Paige in person was at Panic Fest as one group, right? I've been to yes. LA and seen you, but Mikey hasn't. So like- this will be like a reunion of sorts. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we have mm-hmm. not seen each other in person in years and yeah. years. I know, years. So I know for a fact that Cult Podcast and the Horror Virgin will obviously be there. So we are excited to do live shows. Paige, Cult Podcast is doing a live show as well, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the whole event takes place over the course of the 28th of April through May 8th. I think that our live show takes place on May 1st. I'm not sure about Cult Podcast. We're both on May 1st. Awesome. So if you're in the Kansas City area and want to come to two awesome live shows that take place on May 1st, go to panicfilmfest.com and buy tickets. Yeah, and part of the reason we put them both on May 1st is because I know in the past sometimes people have traveled yeah. to Panic Fest. So we're trying to minimize the amount, like, you know, if you had to get a hotel or whatever, we're trying to make it all on one day to hopefully make it easier for everyone to come out. So, guys, if you want to see us live, go to panicfilmfest.com and get your tickets today. Yeah. Excited about it. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Dylan actually wanted his shout out to go to his awesome sister, Amber, for her 40th birthday. So happy birthday, Amber. Happy birthday. Jeremy Bruder, Shining Donut 911, Jonathan, Jennifer with a PH, Joey, Mr. Rage Bombs, Sneaky Snake, Wes, Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, the number Jeff, Amy, Tia, Matthew, Dave, Jonathan, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Karoon, and Nick B. But because it's that special time of the month where we also shout out our You Can Get It level sponsors. So a big thanks to our You Can Get It level sponsors as well. And they are The Boat Rat. I don't know. That's just the name. Bryce, Haley, Justin, Sean, another Ashley, Logan, Thomas, Dominic, Jamie, Riley, Trigger Happy Mongoose, Alex, Mr. Dan Chalice, Shayna, Libby, Tiara, Justine, Bishop Drake, Ali, Dr. Voorhees, MD, Priscilla, Matt, John, Megan, Amelia, Brandy, Maxwell, Lisa, Courtney, AJ, Spider Gwen, Rickety Cricket, Lisa, Jessica, Jessica, Kristen, Caitlin, Irene, Bex, Awesome Possum Blossom, Laura, Rich Homie Juan, Little Iris Jen, Ashley, Richie, Lauren, Daisy, Elisa, Jennifer, Mimi's My Mom, Thinks She's Cool, and Eddie. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror version community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group and Discord servers, where we legit hang out every day. So um, I don't know if you saw a page, but Mikey and I went on a date last Friday night. I did see that. Yeah. You looked very cozy. Yeah, it was Mikey and I, and just a bunch of other guys. You know, like a regular date. I gave him an ultimatum. <laughs> <laughs> Also, nice haircut, Mikey. I noticed that you got a haircut. Oh, you did get a haircut. I didn't notice. See, this is why you shouldn't date Todd. (laughs) Yeah, Todd. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd. And this week, the listeners made us watch... 
Final, Final Destination, Destination 2. 2. I would like to open this up. Okay, hit me with it, Mikey. With my disdain for the Final Destination franchise as a whole. Well, I think you talked about this on our first Final Destination episode, and I... Yeah, but Paige wasn't there. That's true. So I, I, need, to, I need to loop Paige back Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Okay. I think we should uh, catch everyone up on why you don't like it, because I sort of agree with you. I hate this franchise. I think it is boring. I think that death as a villain is stupid. I think the rules don't make any sense. I think there's no point in the movie besides, like, the cool deaths. But, like, you can have cool deaths and, like, someone do it. Like, the collector. He did a lot of cool deaths. And he was a guy who killed people. And he was a villain. And I like those movies. And I don't like these movies. The log scene. Oh, yes. Everybody talks about the log scene. I do love the log scene in this movie. And it is cool. But, like, once you've seen the movie once, there's really no reason to see the movie ever again. I agree with that. Yeah. Also... An underage high school girl enters into some sort of romantic relationship with a state trooper. I had forgotten about that and then was watching it last night and I was like, wait a second, isn't she? Oh, no. And the only good part of the movie is when the farm kid blows up at the end. (laughs) So great. If you're going to do a movie like this, that's the tone you need to take for the whole movie. This movie is, I would say, worse than the first one. Mikey came in hot today about Final Destination 2. I just watched it. (laughs) I was very upset about it. So (laughs) stupid. And I'm like, it's like, oh my God, the sink's dripping. Dum dum. Okay, okay. Point of order. Okay. First of all, the explosion of the farm kid is hands down the funniest part of this movie and it is not funny for the rest of the movie which is why it is so funny because it takes you by surprise so i will submit that if the movie was not as overly serious as it is that exploding farm child would not be as hilarious (laughs) but it did feel sort of out of out of place because the whole movie is very serious like death is coming to kill us yes and then they have like this slapstick comedy explosion at the end and And then his mother gets served Mikey's arm, like barbecue arm. I was like, did they listen to the podcast? Like, what happened? Because that is exactly what Mikey was talking about doing at his barbecue. No cannibal talk this episode. We got plenty coming up. Well, okay, okay, okay. So here's what I will say. This uh, era of horror is not the one I choose to visit frequently. That said... I don't have the same disdain Mikey has for the Final Destination series. Right. It's not a franchise I super love. It's not one that I have like a specific love or affection for. But I I really like the concept of fate as a mechanism in the series where it's this idea that death has a plan. And if you cheat it, it's going to come get you back. However... Mikey is right in that this movie and even the first Final Destination do not respect the rules of their world very much, where they are constantly changing the rules. The characters are constantly learning new rules. And at the end, it really seems like nothing has been solved necessarily because that kid still blows up in a hilarious way. I will say, if you like the first Final Destination This is pretty much a perfect sequel because it gives you a lot of the same stuff with some kind of different kills and some kind of flips on the rules as you know them in the first one. 
I do think that one of the handicaps of this series is that the deaths are so bonkers in some cases yeah. where this movie is just a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, of I had that in my notes too. I had to look up yeah. what it was called because I forgot it was Rube Goldberg. I thought it was something else Goldberg. But anyway, but yeah, like I think the same thing, Paige. It really is just a platform for like inventive deaths and there isn't a lot of story to it, which is why the movie is like a tight 90 minutes. It is a tight 90 minutes. But 45 minutes of that is like no one on screen talking. It's just like slow deaths creeping in on the person (laughs) on the screen. 40 minutes of this movie is people Googling other people's deaths. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it's like ask Jeeves though, because it's 2003. Yes, because it's old. And and also every every single person who dies, the, the plate glass in particular. Oh my God. It's like they are a trash bag full of fake blood. Yeah. Madness. Um, one of the things that I, I I really don't like about this era of horror. Yes, tell me everything. And, and again, to each their own. I understand why other people might, might like this. It's just not how I choose to experience horror. Uh, a lot of movies from this era are neither scary, as this movie is not scary, but also are not fun. And this movie toes the line. I would say there are a lot more that are less fun than this movie. Um, Then you have your outliers like Scream, which is very fun. But a lot of movies with just a group of people standing on the front of the cover in kind of grayscale looking sad yeah. that are PG-13 horror, I tend to avoid because I'm like, it's not going to be super scary. It's not going to be super creative. And I would say this is the best of that era is Final Destination and Scream are the best of those years. So Final Destinations actually are. Was it really? Yeah. Well, I guess oh, that makes sense. This one has to be because of the blood <laughs> explosions. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. a log goes through a person. But you're right. It could be <laughs> PG-13 because the characters are like, death is like, he's a big poopy pants. I hate it. Oh, fiddlesticks. I'm stuck in this van or whatever. I hope the airbag doesn't go off. I just feel like there's a million of these where it's like like teens who are like, something is killing us and we're going to be super sad about it. And we always have a dead mom. And like, that's the movie. Um, And I would say, of those movies, I prefer Final Destination over most of them. And I didn't hate this one. I, for some reason, for years had remembered the log scene as part of the first Final Destination. And that's very incorrect. Yeah. So as as I was watching it, I was like, wait, do I prefer this one as opposed to the first one? But then the first one's the plane. And that one's yes. pretty good. Yeah, I think that the log death is the most iconic death from the franchise. It is. Yeah. It's the one everyone remembers. But I've only seen the first two, but that's the one everyone seems to talk about at least, right? They get worse and worse as they go. One is like an escalator breaking and everybody falls into the escalator and dies. Oh, yes. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. I remember that one. <laughs> Isn't there one where a pizza box tries to kill everybody? Oh, wait, that was House. Never mind. That was the <laughs> House series. Yeah. That's House 3. We haven't done that one yet. Here, here's what I will say. The thing that this movie does, while I don't think the movie itself is particularly scary, this movie sets up people being scared after the movie in their regular lives. Yes. And I've had three different times in my life, I have had things fall off the back of a truck and almost hit my car. <gasps> Paige. Yes. Uh, twice it was ladders. And one time it was a giant PVC pipe. Paige, can I tell you a story real quick in regards to that? Yeah, go ahead. So I was riding my motorcycle one day behind a maintenance truck, probably for like an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty far behind it. So like there's this air filter 
that was in the back of his truck and it was like blowing around back there. I didn't think anything of it until it like flew up into the air and then started to fall onto me. And I was like, fuck, this is how I die. Because if that goes under my wheel and gets stuck and I go flipping at 75 miles an hour, I'm done. So like I closed my eyes, which you should not do when you're driving a motorcycle on the interstate for the impact. And it, I didn't die. It just stuck to my headlight. I was like (laughs) so close to death. And I literally with it stuck to my headlight, drove up next to him and yelled, do you want this? (laughs) (laughs) That never works for me when I pull up to a car. (laughs) And I saw him look at me, register what happened. And I saw him go, holy fucking shit. Like I saw him mouth it and then pull over and I handed it back to him and we went on our way. But it was so scary. Oh, it's so scary. (sighs) Paige, we got to flatline you and bring you back is basically what happened. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And I can't remember if I've told this on Colt Podcast or this. I feel like I've told it on a podcast before. It was my first time on the freeway and I was behind a maintenance truck and a ladder fell off and a bucket of tools fell off. Oh my God. And the car in front of me swerved because I would find out later that that car ended up with hammers in their windshield which is fucking terrifying that car swerved and as that car swerved the ladder had fallen off the truck and was tipping end over end to our car like flipping towards you oh my god yes and i swerved and we lived we're fine but my dad was like oh my god oh my god and i'm screaming and we like finally we get to safety and my dad's like i've been driving for like 30 years of my life and that's never even happened to me i've never had anything like that happen to me so cut to like probably close to 10 years later at that point i was probably about like 25 yeah on the freeway in los angeles and i'm driving behind a truck with a ladder and i'm like i should move because i don't trust being (laughs) behind trucks with ladders yeah and lo and behold the ladder falls off the truck and i I didn't even scream. I just went like, oh, not again. I fucking knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, but this time the ladder fell flat, so I was able to just drive over it and yeah. flip the guy off. <laughs> the last time I had picked up one of my coworkers who was coming in from a different office, and we were driving to our office in Santa Monica, and a car with giant PVC, like long PVC pipes, much like the ones that kill a girl in this movie, yeah. takes a turn too fast through an inner section and their like bed of the truck kind of tips so that one of the pvc pipes they just start rolling off the truck and our car is stopped at a stop sign like a stoplight we can't move there's cars behind us there's cars to the side of us and we like just watch as pvc pipes start falling and tipping and rolling towards our car and the girl in the back seat visiting from a different state screamed Like, I have never heard a scream. (laughs) And me and the other girl in the front seat who are hardened by Los Angeles were like, ah, shit. Just like, (laughs) if it's our time, it's our time. And the PVC pipes, they like hit kind of the front of my car, but then they just rolled. So like nothing killed us. Yeah. But the girl in the backseat had a rough day because she was just like, we we like lived Final Destination this morning. (laughs) Her in-flight movie was Final Destination (laughs) 2. We went to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles to kind of calm down after that one. (laughs) I I mean, like, Existential Dread is a, you know, credible villain for life, but, like, not a good movie villain. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, I am more afraid of death than anything ever, but, like, 
I don't find these movies particularly scary because there is no manifestation of that death. Like, I think that's why, like, serial killers and things like that are movies that feature those kind of villains, for lack of a better term, are scarier because they're actually there. They can actually do something. Whereas, like, these movies are not as scary. <laughs> like, this movies, it's like, yeah, they're like, accidents happen. You could be in one. Right. Which is true. And I do think, Paige, you're onto something with the, this movie is probably scarier after you leave the theater than when you're yes. in the theater. I think there's something to that because I have to drive somewhere today and I guarantee you if I see a truck with logs on it, I'm not going to sit behind it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like I'm not going to run at a, a thing of pigeons because I might get ballooned by a thing of glass. <laughs> I'm not going to live my life different. I'm not. Gonna, I'm still going to run at these pigeons. I'm not going to let them. <laughs> I like that Mikey is unable to stop himself from running at pigeons. Yeah. If that's how I go, that's how I go. If I'm just, if I'm turned into a puddle by glass. So be it. So be it. Question. There's one. It must be the first one because it's the girl that gets hit by a bus that they talk about later. Where it's a bus that's traveling at like light speed that just (laughs) like. Her body disintegrates. Yes. She splashes like a bag of trash water on the front of that bus. That bus is going so fast it turns her body into pink mist. Yeah, exactly. It's like the mean (laughs) girls bus. But it's that kind of stuff that like sometimes this movie in an attempt to like like oh it's a death will make things explode that have no reason to explode or people just turn into pink mist yeah. it's pretty okay. great i've got a uh, hot take oh do you sure. the truck accident was an inside job those tr- those cars were blowing those up like they said full of bombs <laughs> exactly i was laughing all the way through it i was like man i never realized how many things explode in this truck scene that i'm like there's no reason for this to like catch fire sure but like explode yeah, yeah. explode is crazy it's like michael bay directed that scene alone oh yes it's very <laughs> bad boys too yes. like the only thing that like we're only thing we're missing is those like cars falling off a truck full of cars That's how I, I want the camera to zoom out and you see bad boys in a chase in front of the truck <laughs> yeah they're like we're just bad boys for life oh we caused that accident oh no <laughs> <laughs> we got drug dealers to catch though <laughs> <laughs> the log truck dumps all the logs and then just turns into Optimus Prime. <laughs> I mean, the way those cars go up is just, I was just like laughing my ass off. Death, roll out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was dying. It was making me laugh really hard. Even the, the barbecue kid at the end is so over the top. Okay, I have to say this about that guy. His name is Noel Fielding, I oh, think. And- and oh, Fisher, Noel Fisher. Okay, I was gonna say, I was like, that's not Noel Fielding. He's although... so good. He was in the um, U.S. version of Shameless, but he's like in yes. a bunch of like TV shows from around this time, and he is yeah. so good. I I really do like him a lot. I want to say this is probably the most like straightforward character he's ever played, where he's not like kind of a scumbag or like like a bully in the neighborhood or like a kid with a weird face, where he's just like a farm kid in this that explodes. Yeah. yeah and- pretty much everything else because he's so good at playing a character he always has some wild like attribute to him which i'm here for but it always makes his performances fun yes anyway so i love seeing him in this movie also love seeing him die well the second they saved him from that van i was like it's gonna come back yep but that's like that's the most bonkers part because it's like if you ever have a close call it's (laughs) your turn and death's coming for you yeah death's coming for you next time i'm like well this movie like 
makes a point of showing that if it's not your turn to die, you can't die. And then they never do anything with that. I know. And I was like, oh, when when that guy tries to shoot himself six yes. times and none of the bullets work, I was like, holy shit. So everyone except for the person who is going to die next is a right. fucking superhero. Like they just can't die. Right. Like, and they and they don't and play they don't around do with, with that. It. Oh. They never do. Here's the other part of it too. A, the introduction of the idea that you cannot die until it is your turn to die. Yeah. Is fascinating as a concept within a story about fate. Yeah. But the idea that death has and changes in death's list, if you want to think of it that way, has ripple effects is fascinating. Also, once it's introduced way too late into this movie where oh, like yeah. it just becomes an exposition car ride and we don't <laughs> do much else with it. Right. But at a certain point in this movie, we find out that not only has everyone in the car cheated death more than once, the first time they cheated death because yeah. of the people who lived on that flight and that altered their lives. Yeah. And like, that's fascinating, too. Yeah. This movie is just like a ripple effect of the first movie. Yes. Like that butterfly wings over there caused that hurricane over here. You know what I'm saying? Exa- exactly. Well, yeah. And in that in that element, I really do think it is a really great sequel to the first one. Like if the first one is your jam and you love it and that's what you're here for. This is the movie for you. It like spiritually plot wise it like gives you the same shit but heightens it like i get why people like this movie and to yeah. be honest i didn't hate it i i had fun i had fun watching that farm kid explode I didn't hate this movie either, although I was surprised because a lot of people were saying, oh, this is great PG-13 horror. I was not expecting as much gore. It's rated R. I know. I know it's rated R. I realized it was rated R when the uh, fire escape goes through the dude's fucking face and you see it. I was like, oh, my God. Or when the log goes through the policeman. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I I think part of the reason why I hate this franchise and movie is because some people love it so much. And I'm just like, if people are like, it's pretty it's decent. It's like decent for what it was. Like more like what Paige is saying, I would be yeah. like fine with it. But everybody's like, you got to do this movie. It's the best movie. It's like the scariest movie. And I was like, it's no. It's not scary. No, None of not. these movies are scary. I mean, this certainly wasn't a one for me, but it's not going to be high on the scary scale for me. I think people think of this as PG-13 horror because there was so much of it at that time. Yeah. If you went to Blockbuster, I know this is an old sentence. Bear with me. If you went to Blockbuster... <laughs> And walked down the horror aisle at this time. First of all, all the covers would look pretty much the damn same. Yeah. And secondly, most of them were PG-13. Gore was not the name of the game. It was a lot more serial killer, but the kills were not necessarily as creative. This is kind of an outlier in that way where it is gory. It is kind of the the crazy mousetrap kills that you would expect more from like a Jason or a nightmare, you know, like yeah. at one point when they're in the crematorium, I was like, is Freddie going to come into this movie? But it also looks like instead of walking into a crematorium, they walked into a bad haunted house, but Tony Todd (laughs) showed up. So I was here for it. I was here for that. Um, But I think that's why people think of this as PG-13 because everything around the time was. And the problem with PG-13 horror a lot of the time is, A, you can't have any gore or you have to have limited gore. You can't really swear as much and, and you can't have, 
as much violence. So it really kind of limits you to a lot of like hinted at stuff or people being emotionally sad. It doesn't give you a lot of room for troubling visuals yeah. to accompany your movie. And that's why those movies aren't as scary. But this movie does have some troubling visuals. I mean, you say troubling visual, I say exploding barn kid tomato and <laughs> <laughs> but let's just get in the movie so we can talk about it scene by scene would you guys ever believe anybody talking to you about this stuff like I, i'm like i would have been like i'm out I'm, I'm not i'm not being a part of this i'm not locking myself in this apartment I mean, with you people here's the thing at a certain point you can't argue with their statistics i would have if i watched a guy try to shoot himself six times in the head with a gun and every yes. one of those bullets be a dud i would believe it at that point point. and also maybe not in this movie but by the time you get to like movie three or four we're talking like 18 people yeah. like it has happened like 18 times you cannot ignore that but here's the thing they don't save any of these people ever no they saved people in this movie at least two people survived this movie i do love that this movie ends with her like completing suicide and then them bringing her back and i guess death is like ah the one that got away <laughs> like, <laughs> <Lupo>. <laughs> yeah. and now is yeah. she just like immortal death is eventually gonna kill her i think it just resets her okay where it's like she has to die she technically did it doesn't yes. say that that's the only time in her life that she will, but at least for this, it resets the cycle and it <laughs> upsets Death's list. So Death is just over here like, goddamn loopholes! <laughs> yeah, because your death, your death <laughs> is on my list. Because your death, your death, you just barely missed. Yeah, yes, <laughs> because I think her upsetting the list yeah. saves the officer that she's going to have a very inappropriate relationship romantic with. relationship with. <laughs> yes. But it clearly skipped them because it blows up the barn kid. Yes. So that's the new list. That's the new one, I guess, maybe. And so in theory, this movie solves it. And so everyone in every movie after should be like, all right, time to flatline to like solve the story. I'm pretty sure the sequel, the people in this movie die in the sequels. So oh, it's like, they? I would just be like, well, I'm going to go home and live my life and like go on vacation and like say goodbye to everyone and just like make the best of this because I know that you stupid people are going to fuck this up. I know I've seen almost all of these on TV. I don't know if I've seen them all not on TV. I don't remember <laughs> the sequels very well. But, I mean, it feels like they give us a puzzle piece to solve it. But at the end, nothing stops death. Tony Todd's just fucking with people, right? Right, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. My biggest problem with this movie was its tagline. Because in a world where Jurassic Park already exists... How is the tagline for all of the Final Destination movies not death finds a way? Oh, that would be amazing. What's the tagline of this movie? The In space, no one can hear you cream. It's really oh. ap like <laughs> off the wall. There were about 10 taglines for this movie, and some of them are terrible. The best one in my mind was you can't cheat death twice. Now, mind you, that's the best one of the 10. I think the worst oh, one geez. was death is a boomerang. It keeps coming back. That was a <laughs> official tagline for this movie. Yeah. Just like a bad ex. That's terrible when when two dead, two furious is right there. <laughs> All right, let's just get into the movie so we can talk about it scene by scene. We're legit like 30 minutes into this episode and haven't got into the movie yet. So uh, we open and we do get you know, credits over some story. So you're welcome, Todd and Mikey. But 
we mm-hmm. essentially meet our main girl, Kimberly, and she's watching like a late night, like a coast to coast kind of thing where yeah. they're discussing that it's the one year anniversary of the plane crash from the first movie. And they're covering all the the survivors that died soon after. And it's a basically a guy as a conspiracy theorist being like, death finds a way like, yeah, he and, and <laughs> which is a crazy thing. Like. When it's only happened once, it's a tragedy. After this movie, everyone should think it's a conspiracy. But like, until then, no. And he has no facts. And he's like, this is my evidence. And the guy on the TV show is like, this is not evidence, dude. Like, you should go outside. I do think that after the first movie, or maybe after this movie, if it continued happening, I would be like, okay, these people are like tied to the CIA or something. And the CIA is just bumping them off. Like, I wouldn't think it was quote unquote fate. But I definitely would be like, what information does this group of people have on the government and why are they killing them off? Yeah, what kind of Death K Ultra is this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are these people trying to start like a labor movement in the U.S. and that's why they're being killed off? Because that happens all the time. Were, did they actually die in the initial accident and then the government's killing off their clones to cover <gasps> their tracks? Oh, I gotcha, knew it was gotcha. clone-based. Always clones. <laughs> Always clones. I just think accidents happen. <laughs> I mean, okay, but like, Mikey, let's put this into like a real world scenario. So real world, I have a friend who had tickets for one of the flights the morning of 9-11 and, oh, mi- and missed his flight. Oh my like that's, God. that's a real thing. Now, granted, he would have been about 12, 11 or 12 at the time. He was very young. They just change of plans. He didn't go. But if within like a week he suddenly died anyway that would seem weird like it's so weird that Alanis Morissette would sing about it in a song where she doesn't understand irony so like (laughs) if that happened 12 more times for people who all missed that flight the morning of 9-11 that's extra weird like you wouldn't be be weirded out that would be such a good conspiracy theory right Would that be a good horror movie? No. Well, I don't know. I think you could. I think my my main problem with these movies is that the rules change and get more complex, but are never really static. And that's kind of frustrating from a story point. But the concept of the movie I find really interesting. It's a very Greek tragedy concept. I mean, it's also this idea of, and they don't explore this enough in these movies. Sometimes when they try to prevent the deaths, they cause the deaths. Yes, and I yeah. always find that fascinating too. The idea that like fate knew you were going to try and prevent it anyway. So she is up late listening to the TV show. Her dad closes the door, turns off the light. She goes to sleep. She wakes up the next day and she's packing to leave and puts her stuff into like a red, I think it's a Bronco, like a Ford Bronco. Yeah, it looked like it. Yeah. And her friend is weirdly forthcoming about her sexual appetites with her friend's father. There is no way that dad is not banging that student. <laughs> They're way too comfortable sexually She's with way each too other. Yeah, they're definitely dating. I didn't pick that up. But he was probably like, my daughter's alive and that other girl's dead. Uh Uh-oh, that's Uh great. (laughs) I mean, that other girl gets in the car and just goes, can we get the guys? I'm getting horny. I'm like, what is her lines? Like, what is this? But here's where I questioned if they were college students or high school students. And I think it has to be high school because she's living alone with like, or she's living with her dad. Yeah. And talks about like being at the mall with her mom. Like, yeah. 
everything seems to be high school. And yet for a high school student, I think this is taking place over spring break. Oh, yeah. She seems to have the freedom of a full blown adult, which is bonkers. I mean, she technically could be 18 and a senior yeah, at I spring think she break, must but like be. yeah. I mean, you don't know. That's never stated in the movie, so I assume she was underage and the cop was about to go to jail, but like, you know, I, I have no idea. I mean, when was the first time that either of you got your friends together on a road trip and stayed overnight without your parents but without any other chaperones either? Like, just you and your friends? I was probably 18. Were these kids in high school? I mean, like, I went in freshman in, in freshman college. I mean, some of my high school friends went in high school. I, I definitely, I mean, I didn't really do it for spring break, but I did go on, like, an overnight trip with two of my friends in, I, it must have been in high school, either on spring break or, like, that summer immediately after high school. Yeah. But I don't see that as, like, something a 16-year-old is doing. They really kind of play fast and loose with, like, how old she is, like, is she at the mall with her mom? Did Was she a couple years behind the other kids? Like, what is this? Anyway, uh, she hugs her dad goodbye. Her friend is getting horny and tells, <laughs> tells her dad that they're packing whips and chains. <laughs> like, yeah. she goes hard at it. Yeah, she's really trying to entice the dad if they're not already sleeping together. I mean, this was peak MTV spring break time, you know, like to early 2000s. Yeah, it was. It is. So like this is this is the jokes and stuff that were happening for spring break. They were like, we got to go. Shaggy's going to be at the MTV <laughs> spring break party or whoever else was big in 2003. And yeah. And they're like, Shaggy, have you been killing all these teas? It wasn't me. <laughs> they're driving to Daytona, too. And we don't, rem I don't remember where they start from. I never remember where these take place. It's always just gray and trees. Yeah. So they're like, at least drivable from Florida and Daytona would have been where the beach house, the MTV beach house was. Yeah. So Carson Daly is death. That I would buy. He's just like in the crematorium like, hey, guys, our next death coming up is an artist that you have heard of and you're going to love this next video coming up. It's Britney Spears Lucky. Like, that's what it is. It probably would have been more like 50 cents in the club. It was 2003, right? Is this 2003? I do love that song. It's good. And I respected him for hanging upside down at the halftime show. He did great. Don't let anyone say differently. Yeah, I think so, too. Dude's like 50. Like. I know. And he's been shot nine times. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Carson Daly would understand. He's cheated death and come back to sing at the Super Bowl. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. Is 50 Cent death? After you successfully cheat death, do you become death like the Santa Claus? Was he shot nine different times one time or nine times one time? Nine times one time. I think. Or four and a half and four and a half. <laughs> four and a half. Yeah, he got shot two separate occasions, but each time he got shot four times in a ricochet. Mm. <laughs> gotcha. Anyway, so as she drives off, her dad notices that she's leaking transmission fluid. Yeah, but he was actually talking to her friend. But uh, uh, <laughs> is that transmission fluid or was your horny friend just happy to see me? Um, I actually. OK, so the fluid is actually sort of red. I was like, oh, my God, is the car bleeding? It looks like blood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's supposed to. Yeah. And I think what it really is, is just. Kind of that oil slick sheen yeah. that in certain lights looks red. Yeah, it could be. Anyway, so they're about to turn on onto the freeway and a woman comes up to her window and slaps the window and holds up a bag of cans and drops them, which, by the way, I have had that happen to me in real life. It is fucking terrifying. But were you about to turn onto the interstate? Like it blew my mind that she was about to turn on the interstate and this lady was there. 
Yes, uh, but in my situation, it was a part of town where there's a, a smaller freeway that runs through a part of town and it's fucking dangerous to get on and off. It's the worst freeway. And so I was trying to turn to get back to the freeway and she walked up and slapped my window and I nearly almost ran her over Jeez. because it scared me so bad. Yeah. in the Like, don't slap people's windows just in general. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. Anyway. It's a bad idea to slap anyone without consent. But with consent, <laughs> it can be fun. One time when I was parked, a guy slapped his dick on the hood of my car. But like that wasn't scary. It was just sad. You got to get your windows <laughs> antivirus protection. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was uh, he was uh, a person who was clearly not necessarily on the same plane of existence as the rest of us at the time. And yeah. he made like hip thrusting motions. And I just shook my head no. And he like kept doing it. And I held up my hand and pointed to my wedding ring. And he was like, oh, and then he pulled his dick out slapped it on the hood of my car and then walked on through the crosswalk and another car honked at him so he like stuck his dick in the grill of their car which is like hot he fucked their car yes and then he like wandered <laughs> away like oh, okay, wandered okay. away as people like honked at him and i at that point i was like laughing really hard even though i was like what uh, and then i got home and my car was dirty at the time so there was just like a mushroom shaped slap on the hood of my car. Your husband walks out like, uh, why is there a Roman helmet outline on your car? <laughs> like, who's been fucking the hood of your car? Where's your car been, bitch? I'm sorry. I drove I drove through a pack of dicks. Anyway. Anyway, so don't slap windows. That's terrifying. So she waits for the woman to get out of the area of her car so she's not going to hit her. Right. And then she starts driving again. And on the freeway, she passes a bus and this scene is kind of where we see everyone that we're going to be following for the rest of the movie. Um, there's the guy in the T-Bird. There's the the guy who's doing coke in a car. And I'm like, coke is a stationary drug. Like, what are we doing? Why is this? I don't understand. Yeah. There's a school bus. There's an 18-wheeler. There's the van with the pregnant lady. There's the motorcyclist. And there's our friends in the car and the state trooper. Yeah. And apparently 20 other people that we didn't mention. Well, also the timing on this is kind of off too. So in this scene, her dad calls, she answers. He tells her that the car is leaking transmission fluid and she's like, okay, maybe I should pull over and take care of it. She's kind of agonizing over it. Yeah. As that's happening, a biker with his lady on the back pull up and just flash their titties at her friends in the backseat. It's so wild. Here's also how I knew that all of these kids in this red SUV were going to die, aside from, from Erica Christensen in the front, is because none of them have any distinguishing facial attributes that make them stand out. Like, I couldn't pick them out in a crowd if I tried. And they're like, yeah, man, once we get there, all this weed. And you're just like, yeah. oh, you're all dead meat. You're all going to die. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of wanted the, the movie with just one weed dude and a horny chick. You know, like... I mean, we instead we get a coke dude and a, a girl that's horny for state troopers. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. <laughs> you have the right to remain horny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was more annoyed with his character ever. First off, he lies and sets up a pregnant woman to be arrested for a stolen car. Yeah, yes. I hated that. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to it, but I hated that. I'm pretty sure that's illegal, right? A hundred percent. That's if some you go safe back to haven our type safe haven shit. episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's romantic in the pod, but no, you're right. Yeah. Yes. His boss would be like, give me your vodka, your badge, and your gun. 
Oh, but Sarah, death's after us because we escaped death. Well, death didn't fill out its paperwork and you did. So (laughs) (laughs) now as we're like driving through this, you know, scene, we keep cutting back to the logging truck and and it's just got hella logs on it. I mean, it literally is just a regular logging truck. Yeah, it's better than truck. It's good. And so (laughs) here's my problem, though. Oh, my God. They drive for a long time. Yeah. To build it up. It's like eight minutes. I'm not even joking. Like, it is like eight minutes of them, like, showing all the cars and them driving in the rain before the first log even pops off. Right. And so the first log pops off. And because the truck is traveling fast, the log slides off and goes through through the state trooper's window and literally takes his body through the back of the car. Yeah. Like that's probably one of the most brutal deaths you see in the movie is that first log. And you're just like, Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, this is where we're starting. Cool. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that God got really mad at these people and that girl because he was trying to stop a pedophile. (laughs) Oh God. I know Mikey is ashamed of his joke when he like leans away after he says, says, it. Like he goes off cam. <laughs> but I mean, like, you're not necessarily wrong. I mean, she might be 18, but she might not be 18, you know? I think she's 18. They never Ugh. say, but I think they she's should 18. say it. They should say it. He's like 34. I mean, at minimum, because he's like a, a full state trooper, <laughs> he's at least mid to late 20s, if not early 30s. God's like, Tony Todd, go get that better. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Todd shows up at the state trooper's office, like, be my victim, and then just covered in bees. (laughs) So the other thing that we're getting in this scene is she's, like, hearing songs about death on the radio. Yeah, Highway to Hell is playing. It's all kind of weird. And they're talking about the anniversary of Flight 180, because it is the one-year anniversary. It's all that stuff, yeah. Yes, and so... That first log goes, that causes essentially a small accident, which spins off into multiple other accidents in which everything explodes, uh, including a log truck that we're just like, it's not hauling gasoline, it's hauling logs. Yeah, you know what doesn't just spontaneously explode? A log. A log. Famously, logs don't do that. Yeah, they just roll downstairs and are often in pairs and occasionally over your neighbor's dog. (laughs) But there's like two different explosions with the log truck. The Thunderbird completely engulfed in flames explodes. The state troopers car explodes. Yeah. Uh, Multiple cars flip. So like the red SUV flips. And what I think is really interesting is when they cut inside the SUV, those kids are still kind of alive, but they're they're clearly like broken necks. Like they're yeah. <laughs> they're not gonna live. And when you see them, the car flipping, you see their bodies in there because they have clearly like dummies made up to look like them, and they're like being flung around inside that car. Yeah, because she's the only one who had her seatbelt on. Yeah, the motorcycle one is brutal though because he like slides down, so like the bike is behind right. him and he's in front of it, and he hits a log and probably breaks his back against that log, and then his motorcycle like crushes smashes him. him to death yeah the the guy who's doing cocaine in his car flips yeah and then as he flips like he gets back upright and then goes to essentially he's can't stop it he's gonna go under the log truck and apparently hits the gas tank yes and that's a that's the secondary explosion of the logs uh anyway the the red suv comes to a stop uh they're probably gonna die from their injuries 
at that point because anyway, the car yeah. has rolled multiple times and yeah. it looks like she has a broken neck. Um, but she looks up and sees an 18-wheeler driving through the fire <laughs> at them. It was the Terminator. It, it came just, back to get them. <laughs> yeah. It is executioner. Like, I was so <laughs> triggered during this scene because of all the accidents, and then it ends with executioner on fire coming at them. I forgot about I was, that. Oh, yeah, I often forget my brother died too, Mikey. <laughs> Time to do maximum overdrive. Uh, so. Are you next on the list, Todd? I think I may have cheated death, honestly. Yep. Yeah. I honestly was in the bed of the truck. I got thrown out of the bed of the truck. Like statistically, I probably should have been the one that died in that accident. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So maybe Tony Todd's after you. <laughs> I wish. I love Tony Todd. But he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Like, I do think that had he been wearing a seatbelt, he would have been fine. Mm. Yeah. Well, Cheating death's a lot better than being cheated on by death. That's always... Yeah, death's always fucking... (laughs) (laughs) I don't like to be tied down. (laughs) It's me, death. I'm into, you know, more of an open thing. I like to keep it casual. You get it, right? (laughs) I'm ethically (laughs) non-monogamous. I don't think death is ethically non-monogamous. I think death is a dirtbag that's like, I thought I told you this was open. (laughs) And you're like... (laughs) You definitely didn't, Dan. <laughs> Would you like these movies better if, like, Bone Bat was in every scene yes. where someone oh my dies? God, yes. Yes. And Bone Bat was actually death. Bone, Bone Bat, Bat improves everything. Yeah. Taking it to the limit. Like, what if Bone Bat dropped that plane of glass that turned that boy into red liquid? Then he had it coming because Bone Bat's will is all. <laughs> Bone Bat's will be done, Paige. Yes. All glory to the Bone Bat. I think we should start a Bone Bat-based religion mainly for tax purposes. Mm. Think about it, Paige. That's not the way of the Bone Bat. Yeah, I I looked at naming a company after Bone Bat, and apparently multiple people have beaten us, too. (laughs) That would have been a good one. (laughs) It would have been, but a lot of people know about the magic of Bone Bat. I feel like we're trying to get Gmail really late in the game. (laughs) Yeah, can I get Bone Bat 87? At (laughs) gmail.com. That's our company name. At (laughs) gmail.biz. Anyway, on Fire truck executioner smashes their truck. And as that happens, she wakes up because it's all been a dream. And she looks ahead on, there's like a road sign and it flashes the number 180. Yeah. And oh, 180, because it's a, you turn around. It's like you're headed to death and then you yeah. turn. Also, flight 180, but also for the same reason. Like they, yeah. they left the flight. So, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, she wakes up and is like, oh my God. We're going to get in a huge wreck. I just saw it. And she predicts what's coming up on the radio. Yeah. So that's how she knows it's like deja vu. It's a glitch in the matrix. But she also like pulls up a little bit and then blocks the entire roadway. So no one else on the on-ramp can get on the interstate. Right. Now, here's where I have a problem. A state trooper pulls up to talk to her. And as they're talking, she points out the logging truck as it passes, which means the logging truck would have been significantly behind them, which it may have been and may have sped up and gotten there. But then the accident happens like feet away from the the on-ramp. Like they watch it happen. And I'm like, that's impossible. In in her dream, they drove miles down this road. Yeah, they're like five miles down from the accident. Uh, on Easily, the if yeah. not more. Yeah. You know, because it does seem like during that that initial scene, scene, it seems like a lot of movie time is passing, which yes. like if this was any other movie, I would have assumed they dr- had driven an hour. Yeah. In in what we saw. That's fair. Yeah, absolutely. But instead, the accident happens like literally right there. So much so that 
like cars are swerving out of the way. In fact, the truck that kills them in her fan, not fantasy, dream, <laughs> prediction, premonition, premonition. I like fantasy. Yes. The truck that kills them in her premonition kills them again. But this time the state trooper pulls her out of the way. Yes. So she has managed to not save her friends, but to save him and everyone else they saw on the road. Yeah. That was on that on ramp behind them. But if you think about that, that means that truck that kills all the kids in that red Bronco or whatever has to have been driving at a reckless speed off of the interstate because right. they're not on the interstate. So it like swerves out of its lane to <laughs> yes. kill those kids for yes. zero reason. It is bonkers. It's like the Wicker Man accident. Like, it's, it's <laughs> crazy. It literally comes out of nowhere. It's a ghost. <laughs> Again, like the Wicker Man. This is exactly the same problem because yeah. she pulls out and stops people from going on the on-ramp, which means that she is facing the direction of traffic. Yes. Even though she's blocking the on-ramp. Yeah. Which means for that truck to have hit them on the side as it does it would have had to come perpendicular across the highway. Yeah, Paige, that's exactly what I'm saying. Absolutely. It is nuts. It's crazy. <laughs> I love it, though. So we cut to the police station. Everyone's really freaked out. And we find out that one of the people on the on-ramp is, they're like, he's like the luckiest guy ever. He just won the lotto yesterday. And then today he missed dying in this accident. Yeah, he cheated death or whatever. And they're talking to him in another room. Yeah. So we cut to the interrogation room where they're kind of keeping everybody. And the state trooper's like, I'm going to ask you to go through this one more time. And she basically says that she had a premonition and it was, you know, flight 180 was one year ago today. Like I kind of dreamt, you know, the kid who dreamt about the crash. Yeah. I dreamt about this one. Yeah. She like has already put the whole like lore together by the time they get to the police station. Right. Exactly. Now, here's what's crazy is this is also where he tells her, hey, there was one survivor from the last movie. Um, they're in an institution. But at this point, nobody believes her. Right. And the second her dad comes to pick her up, they all leave. And I was like, were they all just waiting for her dad to show up? Like, <laughs> we were all just supporting her and waiting I for guess. her dad. I thought yeah. it was nuts that like the cop literally like got all of them and like, we're all going to the precinct. Like, that would never yeah. happen. I would have been like, am I being detained? <laughs> Not in my America. That's basically what happens with Isabella, where she's just like, I don't have to go to the cops for not being in an accident. Right? <laughs> like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> so she um, she goes home with her dad. And while she's sitting at the, the dinner table with her dad, she's like, can I ask you something? Did mom ever have any weird feelings, like visions, premonitions? And he's just like, no, your mom was normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so mean. It is very mean. She was like, now your friend who's been keeping me company since your mom has passed away. She had some weird kinks, but <laughs> yeah. not your mom. <laughs> but your mom. Yeah. No. Meanwhile, we cut to Lottery Kid's apartment where he carries all his new shit through a hallway of trash because it's not a great apartment. He clearly just got money. Oh, yeah. No, he lives in a shithole apartment, but he only got $250,000, right? Which is, yeah, like they're like, he won the lottery and he's like constantly buying, like clearly the Thunderbirds knew and the Jackets knew and all that. And I'm like, he's going to blow through that 250000 almost immediately. And if you were just for inflation, that's $385,000, which is a lot of money. I'm not saying that. That's a down payment on a modest home. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, well, depending upon your state, 
It is. I yeah, think in yeah, Florida, yeah. you could buy a full-ass house for that, depending upon where you buy it. But in your state, I no. <laughs> no. In my state, that might buy you most of a fixer-upper. Yeah. But not the whole thing. <laughs> no. Yeah. But I do sort of buy that this is how he would have spent that money. Because he clearly right. is not, like, super smart about money. Yeah. But well, yeah. It, not super smart about anything. The, yeah. the way that he dies is so bonkers to me. So he walks into the apartment and there's a skillet of spaghetti just on the table. Ugh. And he just throws it outside. And I'm yeah. like, does trash not exist in your home? No, we see it. It's all over his apartment page. I, I know. And so I'm, anyway, so he throws the spaghetti outside. He puts the skillet back on okay. the stove. Has anybody thrown old food out your house, like into the yard? No. No. Oh, clearly you have. My baby, what are you doing? <laughs> Is this recently? No. Okay. But 10 years ago. Okay. Well, but you also have a dog. That's a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clearly that's why he did it, right, Mikey? Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest and say I've done this before, but it was like something I was ashamed of before I saw it in this movie, and then more ashamed of <laughs> after I saw it in this movie. I, I can I can confidently say I've never done this. Same. Ever. Yeah. The thought never even occurred to me. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I used to be a trash person like this person. <laughs> It's funny to me that you said used to be before that. I'm better. I've grown. <laughs> you have grown, Mike. And you know what? And that's why I will never love you, Todd, because you don't see me. <gasps> oh, oh, my God. Are you guys breaking Mikey. up? Oh, I love you. Oh, yeah. Obviously not. Oh. You hollow words. Hollow words. <laughs> I want to go on the ultimatum. I went to lunch with somebody at Olive Garden who also talked me into potentially watching the ultimatum and I haven't had a chance yet. But in her Paige. describing it, I'm like, this is doomed to fail. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's so unhealthy. It like loops back around to be entertaining where I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is no, terrible, no, terrible, no, terrible. No, no. Don't stop. <laughs> yeah, that, That's what she was because she was describing it. I was like, wait, so they have to date each other. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't. In the defense of the show, most of the couples are like, even hearing them talk briefly, like, oh, these are people who should have broken up months ago. Yeah. But here's my, here's the part that really gets me. Cause like, yeah, sure, they should have broken up months ago. But the idea that they would then find a new partner that they should stay together with from the group of other people that have just broken up yeah. is madness. So bad. But unless they're bringing him for the same reason of like, I want kids, you want kids, but our partners didn't want kids. Even then, what are the odds that a TV show would select the right person for you? It's not great. So he throws spaghetti out the window like a fucking maniac. Like an animal. Okay. Mikey. All right. I, I am <laughs> understanding that this was a problem, but he get, he gets his about this. Yeah. That spaghetti has the last laugh. <laughs> yes. I do love when he's walking into the apartment carrying his boxes of new shit. Like it is like a cartoon level of shit you could slip on in that hallway. Yes, and all of it squeaks. Yeah, it's bonkers. And there's there's a breeze in the hallway blowing the newspaper. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like is death a breeze? <laughs> <laughs> you know those breezy hallways they have in Florida indoors? Hallways be so breezy. <laughs> so he puts the pan on the stove after dumping the, the spaghetti out. Yeah. And then he takes his shirt off for some reason. You can't cook with a shirt on, Paige. That's a well-known fact. You can't cook with a shirt off. That's why I burned my nipples one time. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you do, Paige? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> it hurt a lot. Uh, I opened the <laughs> oven too close uh, and the 
oven. I cut, got caught on the oven door. Um, <laughs> that sounds awful. Has it stopped me from cooking naked? No, but it's a bad idea. It should. You shouldn't cook naked. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, <laughs> do as I say, not as I boob. Exactly. And then he just squirts an insane amount you, of oil into that skillet and it overflows and causes a small grease fire yes. it's so much oil it's so like, crazy yeah like he's gonna fry chicken in a in a <laughs> skillet and not even a cast iron you're skillet. telling me this guy who just won the lottery and bought a rolex and a watch and an apple isn't ordering out yes exactly Paige. let me tell you well uber I, eats yep. didn't exist who's doing okay for me yeah but takeout did and i know what i did before uber eats i got takeout that's true in fact he heats up old takeout like he's being responsible with his money after just buying an apple desktop before they got good and a rolex page and a rolex he bought the most useless thing a watch and paid 50 g's for it yeah well they're useless now at the time you no, can still cell tell phones time existed then yeah but not not the same it was like the nokia bricks that's true but i mean i kind of liked his character i hated that he died you hated that he died because this is you mikey this was you in 2003 no he had the most interesting character I love all the phone calls he's getting with her, like exes being like, hey, <laughs> yeah. saw you on the lottery. Give me a call. It's me, Monica. I know we haven't talked in like a year, but I've been thinking about you since you won the lottery. Been thinking about you. He dumps what look like frozen mozzarella sticks. They were. Into that skillet full of oil yeah. and doesn't shift them at all. It's called dinner, Paige. He loves mozzarella sticks. He likes to fry them up at home. I do too, and that's why I have a deep fryer. But like, he just dumps them into a skillet and then doesn't move them. They're like stacked like a log cabin of mozzarella sticks in this skillet, and he just walks away from it, gets his leftover Chinese, a fridge magnet falls into it, which like, I think I would know notice if that happened the fridge magnets spell out hey e which i thought was funny yeah. and then the h falls in and then it just spells i and i was like what are they trying to tell me here that that's how he's gonna die through the eye oh yeah that makes sense Paige. holy shit uh. and his character's <laughs> name is evan so yeah hey e was yeah. hey evan and then he gets mm -hmm. killed through the eye holy shit i love it Honestly, yeah. no notes on that. Well done, Final Destination 2. No notes. Uh, he puts the Chinese food into the microwave with the magnet in it, which, by the way, that would explode your microwave like pretty damn fast. Well, I mean, it does explode his, but it takes a while. Right. Think about this man who's frying mozzarella sticks and warming up Chinese food. This man that you revere, Mikey, the one that you said you wish had stayed around longer because you liked him. I did like him. Here's the thing. <laughs> I have reheated Chinese food and fried mozzarella sticks at the same time. Sure. I, I will admit. But I also don't have 250000 extra dollars hanging around because if I did, I would just order mozzarella sticks and Chinese food. You get both fresh mozzarella sticks and Chinese food. Mix them up so that I had some sort of like orange chicken flavored mozzarella sticks. Oh, man. If I had $250,000, I'd hit that $2 extra and be like, I want my order to be a priority. Pick it up from a restaurant. <laughs> oh, I do that. I do that anyway a lot of the time because if I don't like. It takes forever. It takes forever. It could be an hour plus. <laughs> like, yeah. Remember that time Mikey ordered food from somewhere and it came on bicycle and it took and like took two, two and hours, and a half hours to get there and then he canceled the order and then the guy on the bike got to his door and was banging on his door and Mikey was hiding in his house from him. I remember that. <laughs> I remember this. I was so scared. <laughs> I know. It was amazing. In Mikey's defense, A, he canceled the order well before the guy oh, yeah. was like, like he canceled the order like an hour into that two hour ordeal. 
Um, and also, like, the delivery time on it was, like, 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that took two hours. He banged on my door for no less than seven minutes. I was, I had a knife <laughs> behind the fridge ready to go. Oh, I was geez. like, if he comes in here, we got to fight him, Macy. And Macy's like, I'm out. Let me outside. <laughs> exactly. So he's unpacking more of his stuff, not paying attention to the now two different fires he has started in his kitchen. And he can't put either of them out because his arm is stuck in the garbage disposal because his Rolex. He put the Rolex on. <clears throat> he dropped the ring down the disposal, reaches in. This is my life. I almost die like this maybe twice a month. I would never reach into a disposal while wearing a Rolex. That's insanity. Like, use the other hand. Yeah, I mean, absolutely use the other hand. Yeah. Yeah. You got to protect that stupid investment you made. Yeah. Anyway, his hand stuck because of the Rolex. And as he's stuck, the flames on the stove get super high because it's a full-blown grease fire. The yeah. microwave's exploding. And then... this drove me nuts i don't know why he thought to do he is the he deserved to die at a certain point during this because oh, yeah. he takes a dish towel and tries to whip the skillet off the stove thinking that'll stop the fire and i'm like no the fire's under the skillet dip shit the fire extinguisher was right below him yes yeah. he could he doesn't get it till he gets his arm out but he could have got it while his arm was stuck and yes. sprayed the skillet. Yeah, well, instead <sighs> he whips the skillet off the stove with a, a dish towel, setting the entire apartment on fire. Which, of course, it was going to do that. Like, there's, no, you yes. could not be confused about what would happen if you did that. No. Anyway, he finally gets his, his hand out. He uses the extinguisher. It gives out. There's not enough foam. He breaks through the window, climbs out down the fire escape, gets all the way down, and slips on spaghetti, and then... When the ladder hits your <laughs> eye like a death pizza pie, that's amore. And the ladder oh. goes through his eye. It does. And I was grossed out when they showed it. I was like, oh, God. I knew it was going to happen because he like lands. And he's like, oh, thank God. And I was like, no, dude, like, no, get up. And the ladder goes right through his face. Yeah, because the ladder does like stop right above his face. And he's like, Woo! Glad I can take 30 seconds to sit below this ladder and like feel comfortable uh, that I did not die just now. It's only like a foot above his head, too. It would yeah. not have impaled him. If that had stopped right above your head, I would roll out of the way immediately, you know? And yeah. he stays there for it to like then fuck his eye. Now, I have not lived in a place with a fire escape, so I may be wrong about this. Are those ladders truly heavy enough to impale you, especially only from a foot above your face? No. I mean, I think I think they would hurt. You might lose an eye. I don't think it'd kill you. But like it wasn't sharp. If it was sharp at the end, then maybe. But like this is just like being hit with a hand. Like, you, you know, like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I may and, and maybe this is based on something that's happened before. So I don't know. They are metal. So like they could be pretty heavy, but they would have to be really heavy for it to from a foot. Yeah. Go through your whole eye. Like it doesn't just go like through his skull. eyeball. It goes through his yeah. skull. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like your eye socket would protect you on some level yeah but i if they're super heavy like it might i don't know i just i've never had a fire escape either so i don't know yeah i don't know uh anyway we cut to the police station where the state trooper is basically doing a bunch of research on flight 180 yeah. and the one survivor who i forgot her name is clear not claire and i hate it i hate everything about it <laughs> it bothers me so her much her name page is clear river I hate it <laughs> oh my god it is, yeah. there is no need for something that stupid yeah my name's dirty river 
Yeah, clear, clear, especially when you have a perfectly normal name, Claire, right there, right? It like that it doesn't. It's not weird. Like it's stupid. I hate it so much. Hippies, man. I guess. Anyway, we cut to everyone else who was in the accident, basically watching on the news, seeing that lottery guy has died. Yeah, and we cut back to the mom and the son Nora and her son her son's reading Stephen King and she gives him like melatonin so he can sleep and then tells yeah. him that they're going to the dentist the next day and he's like do you think they were lying to us today and she's like no some people just you know need rewiring is all yeah well I mean he, she says yeah I don't think that they were right like yeah it was just a bunch of BS yeah right we cut to Kimberly's house and she's having bad dreams she sees lights outside her windows and skeletal hands from the tree branches outside, which is kind of a cool, freaky I effect. I did sort of like that. And the like premonition that they all get with the guy with the hook hands later. I thought right. that the, like, you seeing it in the shadow was sort of cool. It was cool. But Kimberly can't sleep, so she gets up and starts doing research, and she gets directions to go see Clear at that... Uh, at, I think it's Rock Mount or... The Insane Asylum. I love that she got these on MapQuest. Like, she had to print yeah, these MapQuest. directions out. They were in the passenger seat next to her as she was driving on the interstate to this place. Right. So she goes to the treatment facility. Yeah. And they make her give up all her sharp objects and everything. And she's like, is she dangerous? And she just goes, no, but she just thinks you are. Yeah, she assumes you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. In, okay, so the whole time... From a mental health lens, I was like, she must have the best insurance or she's super rich. Like, no one right? would let someone stay there a indefinitely. Year. A year. She's voluntary. We put her in this room with her own camera. She just pays us a ton of money. This is this is another real small thing that I hated. They make them give up all sharp objects because she's worried about sharp objects. But then she's got a yarn wall. And the only way to do that is with push pins. Exactly. <laughs> I love yarn walls. Yeah. But, like, what is she doing in there? Like, I want every paper. Yeah, I I don't know. Guys, I think I figured it out. Death is real. <laughs> Death is real. <laughs> yeah, duh. Death has always been real. Clear. So uh, she tells her, Kimberly tells Clear about her premonitions. Yeah. And Clear's like, yeah, no, heard all this before. I remember uh, you're dead and I don't have to do anything about it. So bye. Yeah. Uh, but this is where she gets the information about the list and that you died in the order that you were seated, meaning that it, when the plane crashed, it died in the order that it would have killed people in the crash. Yeah. So for this, they're dying in the order of the accident, but instead it's going backwards. Why? We won't find out for another 30 minutes. <laughs> But they do recognize it is backwards in this scene. They just don't know in this why scene, yet. They yeah. just don't know why. Yeah, they, like we won't know until Tony Todd tells us. Right. Uh, so, but because it's going backwards, they know that Nora and her son are next. Yeah. And she has kind of a premonition about pigeons, <laughs> something with pigeons and windows. Yeah. And at this point, Clear also tells her to like look for the signs, look for the premonitions, look for the weird things that'll help you stay alive. And Clear just says, if you were smart, you'd save yourself. Basically, like, hold up and wait for this to be over. Yeah, which is what she, she's been doing That's for a year. what she's been doing. Yeah. Yep. As Kimberly gets back home, the officer's pulling up to her house to be like, hey, what are you doing later? And <laughs> <laughs> You're under arrest for being too cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have, the you have the right to remain underage. Anything you oh, do say. No. <laughs> <laughs> she might be 18. I don't know. Anyway. With good behavior, I'm going to give you five to six. Inches. 
But anyway, jokes aside, this is very sick and the very problematic part of the movie for me. It's a real problematic part of the movie. Yeah. So he basically tells her, like, I don't know if you know, but this other guy died and there's a meeting at my apartment because, like, you know. And at at first I was like, wait, you want to put everyone together in the same room so death can get you all at once? Like, that's ridiculous. But he says last year he had to clean up one of the Flight 180 survivors. So he kind of fell down the rabbit hole. She tells him about the pigeons and they decide that they're going to try and go save Nora and Tim. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the uh, institution, Clear takes off her bracelet, basically implying that she's checking herself out. Yeah, because Kimberly like calls her a coward because she's like trying not to die. I was like, yeah. mind your own business, Kimberly. This is your movie. Stop, stop yeah, trying to shut up, Kimberly. Stop trying to make Clear come out of her exile. Like, so she yeah, she went hard on her. Yeah. Like all your friends died. Yeah. Like, what insurance do you have, though? I know. Like, we got to get on that <laughs> it's, insurance. It's like, Anthem or... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're just, like, rich? Because, and Mikey, you were sort of touching on this earlier, but, like, if you were voluntarily there, they would make you pay for that, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. They make you pay involuntarily there. They no, charge yeah, rich. Like, they charge everybody. Yeah. 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 She's just got to be rich, I guess. That's my mental health lens. Like, I'm like, she went a year in the hospital? Yeah. Voluntarily? So we cut to the dentist where the kid stands up, uh, Nora and her son are there and her son stands up and he goes, okay, if I if they give me the laughing gas and I wake up with my pants open, we're not paying. Basically, oh, if I get molested, we're not paying. I couldn't believe they made that joke. I mean, I know it's 2003, but like, come on, that's rough. His mom was like, what? No, his mom sort of laughed. His mom <laughs> like laughed like, oh, that's an inappropriate joke, but it's hilarious. And it's not like it's I, not, I was it's like, what? Weird. This is bonkers that they made that joke. I mean, it's OK, crazy. so back in the day when I was in high school. Right. And I saw my pediatrician and she was like, are you sexually active? And I was like, I'm really trying the hardest I can. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to let you down, pediatrician, but sadly, I can't even give it away. Unfortunately, yeah, like nothing to check out with that because swing and a miss. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, back to the most terrifying dentist office ever because... (laughs) There's construction outside and pigeons keep just like hitting the window as he's like trying to inject him with Novocaine and like trying to drill. I'm like, no, you don't get to touch my teeth. You're going to drill. You're going to crack all the teeth out of my mouth. This is the most intense scene for me. Yeah. Can we move into a room that doesn't have an exterior facing window, please? Yeah. Holy shit. I do love that. He's just like, do you want to do the laughing gas? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then there, for some reason, there's like a bunch of like, it's like a child's crib because there's like a mobile like a a Yeah, like hanging above him and it's got like fish and shit on it. Like, why would that be there? Yeah, I don't know. Well, so a bunch of stuff happens. A, the fish tank in the lobby leaks and causes a shortened electricity, which causes one of the tanks for the nitrous to turn off, which is really not good for you. And like, I was surprised that didn't kill him. He almost chokes on the blowfish. That doesn't kill him. So like all of this stuff, he manages to survive. But Pigeons are like rocketing through their windows like nobody's business. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, into the lobby, too, because like they're hitting yeah. the lobby window and a pigeon actually gets into that lobby while he's choking yes. on the pufferfish mobile thing that goes into his mouth. I was like, what? The movie I want to see is like one pigeon having a vision of all their pigeon friends dying <laughs> and then telling them not to go to the construction site that day. That would be amazing. Uh, so he survives the dentist. He and his mom go outside. 
just as Kimberly and the state trooper are running up and she just says, no, the pigeons. And he runs through them. They fly up, distracting the crane operator who's holding a plate of glass. He drops the plate of glass. It falls on the kid and he is literally a trash bag full of blood. It's like he is a crushed ice statue of himself because when it hits him, he like just starts to like break apart like he was never a full person. Right. Head cannon. This is the origin story of the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yeah. And those plate glass were <laughs> molded around his bag of blood. Oh jeez. Anyway, at this point Kimberly's like, "Ah shit, it really is happening. I was kind of hoping that lottery guy was a coincidence, but clearly it's not." Yeah. She gets a little bit of a vibe where like the visor mirror flops down and it basically just signals to her that Clear is there and she's kind of joined them. Yeah. She's going to help them out. I do love that like the cop who was not with her when she went to visit Clear, when Clear right. shows up at that car is just like Oh, cool. Clear's here now. Awesome. We assume he was messaging her on AOL and talking about it. <laughs> I don't know. Clear's a little old for him, don't you think? Mm, he, he was definitely researching Clear. So, like, he knew he knew of her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so Clear takes them to what looks to be a mausoleum. We'll find out it's a crematorium. Um, but it does look like Freddy's boiler room. Yeah. But this is Tony Todd. And he basically is like, you can't cheat death. There's no escapes. It's a distinct design and clear is like but it is flawed it can be beaten because we haven't died yet right and he basically says uh people are the most alive just before they die the only thing that can defeat death is the introduction of life that isn't meant to be force death to start anew you have to follow the signs kimberly and he says it specifically to kimberly and she says how do you know my name and he just like doesn't say anything but slides that body into the crematorium. Yeah. Which is the guy who had his eye socket crushed by the ladder. Like it's right. It's the lottery winner guy or the Mikey stand in, if you will. Right. He died too early. <laughs> the guy who's careless with his spaghetti. Yes. That's the title of my dating profile. He had one chance. <laughs> one, one opportunity. opportunity. <laughs> Love it. He just threw his mom's spaghetti out the window. Yep. Uh, so we cut to. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They they walk out of the mausoleum, and she Kimberly has a premonition, and this is the one of the van going off a cliff into the water with bloody hands. Yeah. And they assume that it's Isabella, the pregnant woman who was in the delivery van, and they translate. They're like, okay, new life, pregnant lady. So she gives birth. It throws the list out of whack. She's got a clean slate. We have to warn her. So they put out an APB for her white van. They look at his dash cam footage and get her license plate. And this is where apparently tells people that her van is stolen. So they'll pull her over, which there's a part of me that's like, why didn't you just say something like, hey, sh- we need to question her in conjunction with a case or run her plate and find her home address and just go talk to her. Yeah. Right. You have to do this crazy thing where she ends up in jail for car theft. Right. Like, it's so crazy. It's weird. Meanwhile, they go to the state trooper's house uh, or apartment where they're all going to meet together. We get a real weird elevator scene with the guy who was doing coke in his car trying to lick a dude's face. It's the weirdest. <laughs> I don't know why it's in this movie other than to pad the runtime to hit the 90 minutes because it's oh, bonkers. Yeah. 
Yeah. At the meeting, Laura has actually come to the meeting despite losing her son that morning. Which I thought was like, you're doing too much, babe. Like, you need to hang oh, out. Yeah. Yeah. Your yeah. son just died. <laughs> I like, I mean, I like she was just like, I'm ready to go to heaven. Like, all everyone I know is dead. And I'm like, yeah, why'd you even go to this meeting? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. You probably would have had a better death if you did not go to this meeting. I mean, you could argue via fate that something would have led her to that meeting no matter what i mean sure yeah okay yeah um but anyway not everyone takes the meeting well eugene the motorcyclist is like i don't believe this shit i'm alive i have been all day this is ridiculous (laughs) of course you've been alive all day eugene you're still here yeah uh but he, he goes to pick up his jacket a set of keys fall out They hit a pool ball, or I guess there was a a pool ball underneath his jacket. Yeah. It slides and hits a mousetrap, which triggers the kayak from the ceiling swinging down and crashing through the window, almost killing Clear. And she's like, I should have seen that coming. And she's like, how could you? How could you? Like, that's the craziest thing. It is like mousetrap levels of crazy. And then there is no death. So it is sort of for no reason, (laughs) which I thought was crazy but okay whatever it was pretty funny so they decide that they're going to try and safe proof the apartment but Nora's yeah. not on board she's gonna leave Eugene is also gonna leave and they give him the phone to give to Nora yeah so as they're kind of uh setting everything up the one girl I I don't even think we learn her name but she's the one in the very beginning that was driving the white SUV the one with the cigarette the smoker the, one with the cigarette with the brown hair right right so yeah. she goes for a smoke because and they're like it's not safe to go outside and she's like well Nora has to die first anyway right and they're like yeah I guess like go ahead so <laughs> she goes out to smoke Nora leaves Eugene leaves yeah uh, we cut to coke guy who we do eventually learn his name, but he's barely in this movie. Um, He's helping to put things away in the closet where there's an ice pick, climbers, like sharp climbers, and ice skates, and they're all swinging towards him and collect. It's like, it's a death trap. I did think this was hilarious because he all but looks down the barrel of the lens and says, here we go. Like he is like making a show of how dangerous this closet is. And then still is like forced to hang this in the closet. I would have just set it down outside. I mean, like I would have thrown it into the closet from across the room. Like, what are you doing? You don't live there. Who gives a shit? It's the state troopers apartment, right? Right. The amount of hobbies he has is a little disturbing. It's a lot. Um, meanwhile, we cut down to the elevator uh, where a man with a basket of prosthetic hands and hooks gets into the elevator with Eugene and Nora. Yeah. Okay, here's the one thing I wanted from this. The guy actually was missing a hand. Well, but then how would he be holding the basket? <laughs> with a prosthetic. With a prosthetic. Like, I want oh, him to oh, have, like, okay. a... Would be possible. I, I yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah. It's just a really creepy dude holding a, a box of hands, sniffing a woman's hair. This is the most contrived death for me. Yeah. Because there are a lot easier through lines to get to the death that they have. And I thought it was really strange that they involve this stranger with prosthetics. It's very strange. What was he doing with those? Because he's in a residential building. Exactly. It would make sense if he had like a new cool hand and was like, I get to throw away all these hooks. Yeah, 100%. It looked like he was collecting them. Yeah, I mean, I I do think he has a very specific fetish. Yes, Paige, that's what I was. (laughs) getting at yeah and and we know that he's creepy because they like paint him as creepy later so like they they try to run after Nora to stop the elevator they can't 
Meanwhile, he sniffs Nora's hair, which is real gross. Yeah. And the phone rings. She answers it and she can't fully hear. But it's the state trooper being like, watch out for a guy with hooks. Because back in the ele- back in the apartment, they can see the shadow of the craziness in the closet looks like a man with hooks. Yeah. So she freaks out because obviously she is in an elevator with a man with hooks on the longest elevator ride ever for only one floor. Yeah, it goes from <laughs> the third floor to the first floor and it takes a minute and a half. Yes. I'd lose my mind, Paige. It's wild. I love all of this. So she freaks out. One of the hooks gets stuck in her hair. She freaks out. The door opens in the lobby and she goes to try and run out of the door. Now, we know from the Coke guy trying to lick that dude's face that the elevator doors, the bumpers, close and trap stuff. Yeah. They're not very reliable. So as she runs out, her head gets trapped in the elevator doors. And at that point, you know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Because the elevator starts to go up again. She's going to get essentially decapitated. They try to pull her out of the elevator, but it's too late. And she does get decapitated. Yeah. And she gets to see her family in heaven. Yeah. Uh, We cut to Eugene and the two girls from the lobby who are now covered in her blood, uh, in Nora's blood. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's clear and the girl, the smoker, they run back inside and they're all like, Nora's dead. And motorcycle guy... Eugene takes the state trooper's gun and essentially attempts to complete suicide and fires six jammed rounds. And that's impossible. Yeah, so much so that everyone in the like apartment is like, why wouldn't you load your gun? And like they just yeah. thought it wasn't loaded. And he just shows them like, no, it was loaded. And it did hit the firing pin on all six of them. But none of them went off. Which essentially introduces the idea that you cannot die yeah. until death chooses it, which again, they don't explore. Like, that could have been so interesting. Paige, when I tell you I was so excited by this reveal and then so disappointed they did nothing with it, because I they know. did nothing. They essentially are now superheroes who can fight death as long as the one who's supposed to die next is like in that padded room that clears in or was in right right? like that would be an amazing premise for a movie and they just do nothing with it yeah exactly so but we do find out that they have isabella in custody and they have her van yeah um we cut to the police station where she's in custody and she's like i didn't steal the car like i it's my husband and his car maybe he reported it and as she's getting agitated about it her water breaks and there's no other car to take other than her van so they get in the van to take her to the hospital i do love that she gets arrested in a town that only has one sheriff car yeah because he gets on the radio and he's like Bring the car back. I need the car. Right, right. Like, like how big is that town? It's like eight people? Yeah, I don't know. The whole plot of this movie is just so stupid. It's so wild. Yeah, Mikey, you're right. We cut to everyone else in Smoker Girl's SUV, and we know that she's basically next. Either her or the Coke guy are next. And this is where everyone reveals that it's not the first time they've cheated death. And not only is it not the first time they've cheated death, but every time they did cheat death, it was because of someone from Flight 180. So there was this, uh, like, running through them really quick. A kid came to school with a knife and killed a teacher. uh, And it would have been Eugene had he not been transferred to a new school two days before. But the teacher that he killed was one of the people... That was in Flight 180. Uh, Smoker Girl was supposed to stay in a bed and breakfast. 
she didn't make it in time. Her bus got stuck because it hit one of the girls from Flight 180. Yeah. And lo and behold, everyone in that bed and breakfast died of a gas leak. Yeah. The Coke guy was supposed to die in a theater that collapsed in Paris, uh, but he didn't because he was basically taking a bunch of acid, drinking a bunch of lattes, and a dude got killed by a falling sign. Again, a dude from Flight 180. Yeah. And so it's this whole, like, death is tying up the loose ends is what they've decided. Yeah. And that's basically, now that's the new rule going forward in the movie. Yeah. Again, introduced an hour and 10 minutes into a 90-minute movie. Yeah. And they they don't do anything interesting with any of this. They don't. And, and it is a really interesting concept, the idea that, in getting off flight 180, they caused a ripple effect that changed everyone they've ever come in contact with ever since. Oh, you know what would make this work is if it was like the adjustment bureau, but for death. Yes, Mikey. Yeah. So like death has like CIA agents that go yeah, out like and do the his plan, bidding, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That would be a good version of this franchise. That's essentially the movie Wanted. Yes, yeah, sort With of. James McAvoy? Fuck, yeah. Except in that one, Fabric tells them who to kill. It's like... Yeah, it's tapestry machines that tell them how to... stupid. So crazy. Anyway, so... Death is going to try and seal the rift once and for all. Uh, now, what we realize as they're driving toward Isabel, Isabel's driving away to try and get to the hospital. So they almost collide with Isabel's van. The two vehicles swerve out of the way. The SUV swerves through a hay bale in, into a farm where a log traps Smoker Girl's leg. Yeah. And then a PVC pipe like goes through the back of her seat uh like her headrest but doesn't kill her everyone's alive for the moment but it is like a pvc pipe that has been like whittled down into like a knife point right it's crazy yeah um meanwhile isabella's van is okay and they're now on the way to the hospital yeah uh, they stop to see if they should help the people there and decide not to. They're going to drive to the hospital instead. However, Eugene did get stabbed by some some sort of shrapnel based on what they drove through and yeah. collapses a lung. So they're trying to call an ambulance. Um, the cops show up. They get Eugene into the ambulance and everyone's freaking out thinking Eugene's going to die in the ambulance, but they do let him go. Uh, as they're all kind of trying to still get Smoker Girl out of the truck, the news pulls up and the news van almost clobbers the the like farm kid helping them out. Yeah. And Coke guy pulls him out of the way. But when the news van parks, it also like hits a rock that punctures its gas tank. And then all yes. of its gas leaks into the longest PVC pipe that is like in the ground. Again, a Rube Goldberg machine for death. Yes. I mean, I know you saw this because you watched the movie, but they like removed the top of the PVC pipe so you can yes, see, so see the it. liquid going into it. But that would make that PVC pipe legit useless. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would be getting rid of that. Anyway, it was bonk. He's not a good farmer. Kimberly. <laughs> oh, Rory. Rory's the, the Coke guy's the name. The Coke head, Kimberly yeah. And, yeah, Kimberly and Rory talk, and Rory's like, I'm going to need you to get rid of all of my drugs and my porn because you die after me, and hands her his keys and wallet. I did think that was funny. He was like, I don't need my parents or whatever knowing what I'm into. It was really sweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mike, do you have a porn buddy? No, I'm single. 
<laughs> no, 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 Mikey. I mean, like a guy who's going to go to your house and remove all the pornography and clear your browser history before your mom comes over and like goes through your stuff. Well, this is this movie was before smartphones, so that's true. Yeah. Oh, so you use your phone is what you're saying? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, do people still like use their computer? Computer? I don't know. I do want to point out that cell phones were getting smaller and smaller and smaller until you could watch porn on them, and now they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Anyway, uh, they're using the jaws of life to try and open the SUV to get the smoker girl out. And she's like, hey, can like my legs are trapped under here. Can you like quiet that? Down? Can you basically not be as rough with it? And he's like, sure, I'll put it on quiet mode. And he <laughs> smashes it against the car even harder, which triggers the airbags, which propels her head back against that PVC pipe, killing her instantly. Yeah, it goes through her dome. Yes. Which I thought the whole setup was really funny because like she's like, can you make the jaws of life quieter? And he's like, lady, no. Yeah. And then he makes a smart-ass <laughs> comment, shoves it in there, and then she dies, and he's like, his face was like, <gasps> oh, no. I'm definitely getting fired. <laughs> well, and she drops her cigarette, and it immediately lights yeah. all of the gasoline which causes an explosion, which propels a fence of barbed wire oh my out God. towards Rory and just slices him into like medallions. Yeah, he's like in thirds and then slides apart. I was like, oh, my God, of course they had this sort of a shot. That's yep. why they always called him Rory Gory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and it's a bummer because it's right when they re right when they find out that Isabella has made it to the hospital safely. Yeah. And so they take off to the hospital, but as they're driving, which I don't know why they let Kimberly drive knowing that she's the one that gets the premonitions, but whatever she has a premonition about the van in the lake, but she's getting a doctor's name, Dr. Kilgarian or Kiljarian. I think it's Kiljarian. Yeah. Kiljarian. And she's choking her so she thinks that she's trying to kill isabella but she's not necessarily right as we will find out yeah we cut to isabella trying to give birth to the baby and the cord is around the baby's neck and in my brain i was like is kimberly seeing the visions of the baby <laughs> um but no she's not she's not i do love when kimberly and the cop run in there the pregnant lady has never met them so never met them doesn't know like, who they are oh, the baby's alive yay congrats and she's like what the fuck is happening like who why are who you are people? they yeah. i thought that was very funny so they run to the hospital they run past eugene's room where we see that eugene is in a room with a million machines with all the cords wrapped around each other and death is just like closing the vents, yeah. pulling the cords, leaking oxygen into the room. Like it's a whole thing. And he's also watching the news about what has kind of happened over at the farm. Yeah. Well, and that's when he knows that he's next. Right. Because the other two people have died. Yeah. Right. And he is trying and they're trying to track down the doctor um, to stop her from delivering the baby because they think she's going to kill the baby. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, they do delay the doctor just enough. But at that point, I started to wonder because Eugene's having trouble breathing. Is she actually seeing Eugene's premonition? And because they've stopped the doctor, that's what kills him. No. <laughs> anyway, they stop the doctor long enough that the nurse delivers the baby alive. Yeah. But Eugene is dying, but the machines go on emergency battery mode. 
So he's alive too. It's wild to me that this room doesn't have a level floor. So like his intubation machine is like slowly creeping Rolling away, away from him. I'm like, what is the building leaning? Like, why is it doing that? No, it's just death pushing machines away. This is my least favorite death because I feel like it's the one where air quotes death intervenes the most. Yeah. You know, where it's not, you know, just a Rube Goldberg machine of accidental, you know, things it's death actually intervening yeah which would have looked cool if it was like adjustment bureau and they had agents of death or whatever or like a whole organization like the adjustment bureau that's like we gotta kill these people at the right time it's god's plan like and they have to like fight it i think it'd be cool i've never seen adjustment bureau well i'll pick it on my next pick it's actually not that bad i know you tried to pick it as a romantic movie before and i was and i questioned if there was enough romance in it it's a romance todd's face says it's not no i think it's fair i think it is okay yeah. anyway so Eugene lives and they congratulate Isabella on the baby and Claire goes to find Eugene but as she opens the door it uh no I'm sorry okay so Claire goes to find Eugene and Kimberly has another premonition and it's bloody hands in the van yeah still going over the cliff and then she remembers that Isabella never died in her original premonition yeah so whose hands are they? Who is the premonition about? As Clear finds Eugene, she opens the door and it just explodes from the leaked oxygen in the room. Yeah, because the cord's being pulled out and it sparks and all the oxygen ignites and Clear and Eugene are now dead. Dead and yeah. like very dead. Oh, yeah. And Kimberly looks down at her hands, realizes they're her bloody hands and she says it's about me. And she looks on a cork board at kind of near the entrance where they are where it says new life for drowning victim and this is where she's like i know what i have to do to save us and at this point i'm like awful lot of new rules being introduced five minutes before the end of this movie yep. like of course this doesn't make a ton of sense but she like steals a ambulance and drives off the dock into a lake that's just close by right and he dives in after her and tries to save her but essentially she has to wait until she quote-unquote dies yeah which is a wild thing to do without explaining what she wants him to do like right her plan hinges very much on him getting her out of that ambulance right and he, yeah she does not explain any of that to him before no. she drives away to complete suicide but also let's examine this for a moment we don't know if she was next or if he was next and we've already established in this movie you can't kill yourself before death wants you to so this plan <laughs> doesn't make sense at all maybe that's why he was able to breathe underwater this whole time because he wasn't next yeah. maybe <laughs> so she she must have been next i guess anyway so he brings her back. The doctor brings her back. He should have got her pregnant. Oh, Mikey, no. 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 She'll never go to college if that happens. Yeah, even if she is legal, she, she's they haven't been together that long. So I guess I need to make this joke before we get done with the movie. I thought it was funny like when they were talking about this theory. I was like, oh, I guess they're theorizing that death believes that life starts way after conception. Like life's more of a... When the when the birth happens, you know, not yeah, kind well, no, of. Well, no, I mean, because it turns out that it, it's not talking about the baby. It's not. It's not the oh, baby. I know, at but all. I mean, like that's that was their theory. It all hinged on like we gotta get this baby born. And I yeah, was but like, it, that proved to be wrong. Yeah. So death believes life does start at conception. So who knows? Checks out, you know, because he's pro death penalty. So <laughs> she lives. We cut to a picnic, and it's a picnic at the farm where all their friends died. I don't know why they're at a picnic there other than for this to be hilarious. Uh, but <laughs> It's a memorial. But yeah, they're like, hey, yeah, tell them about the news van, how somebody saved you from the news van. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go check on the barbecue. The grill and the kid explodes. Oh, a man. charred arm lands on the mom's plate. <laughs> and, and that's, that's the movie. movie. 
I do love how it ends just because it is like they take the premise of the movie very serious until like the last two minutes of it. And it's like, isn't this silly? And then that's the movie. It's wild. (laughs) But having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Final Destination 2? It falls apart in the third act, but I didn't hate it. I mean, it's fine. It's not scary, though. I like I I feel like it's more of a mystery. I guess it's a horror movie because it's bloody. I don't know. These movies don't scare me, though. I mean, it's definitely classified as a horror movie, but I definitely understand what you're saying because it feels more like it's just like a kill factory more than like a narrative movie, which I classify it as a horror bull movie. Oh, wow. (laughs) Tell me how you really feel about the movie, Mikey. But yeah, no, I think that if you like kill factory type movies, it's interesting and they do have some very Rube Goldbergian type kills in this movie, but there isn't a whole lot of story and they don't really pay attention to their own rules. So it's hard to follow it narratively. Like what's going on? Why are they doing this sort of thing? Like whatever. It's just about the kills. So if you like kills, I can see why you like this movie. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't like this error as well. Yeah. And Final Destination, I like the first one, and then, like, the sequels get worse and worse as they go, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, with a lot of franchises. But, like, there's just no there's no bad guy. And, like, the first one was so unique where I was like, oh, this is, like, super weird and cool. And, and but, like, by the second one, I was like, okay, these are boring. These people are all going to just die in some elaborate, weird way. Right. That's pretty much the Final Destination franchise, really. At least from what I've seen in the first two. It's, like, all about how they die, not necessarily why or, like, the story isn't as important as the how they die. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Paige, you have some fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Final destination fun fun facts. facts. So real logs were tested for the crash sequence, but they didn't bounce enough. Therefore, most of the logs are CGI in this film. Okay. I cannot confirm if that is actually true or if Chris Damaris added that as a prank a la the corn in Children of the Corn. But uh, it does say that. Okay. Well, I'm going to choose to believe it because I don't think logs would bounce all that much. No, I don't think so either if they're really heavy. Yeah. Yeah, No, I I think when I read that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. The accident in this movie is actually based on a real accident. It was a 125 car pileup on Interstate 75 in Ringgold, Georgia. Wow. It occurred on March 14th, 2002. So right before this movie came out. John Denver's Rocky Mountain High instrumentally Uh, plays under a lot of the deaths in the first Final Destination. And so it plays in the dentist's waiting room in this movie. Okay. Um, The Stony Brook Institution Sanatorium that Clear places herself in is the same one they used in the opening of Halloween Resurrection in 2002. All right. There's a lot of little Easter eggs, especially through the accident. Uh, Like one of them is a bumper sticker that says road trip, but the T is covered. So it reads road rip. Oh, wow. One minute into the movie. Yep. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So a pigeon breaks through the window and gets into the dentist's office. And according to some superstitions, a bird being inside a building means someone in that building will die. Oh, really? Yeah, the bird. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Actually, that bird lives. They get that bird out the window again. Yeah, because her friend told her. She was like, dentist, dentist, dentist. Dentist. (laughs) So Tim, Nora's son, uh, the book he's reading is Stephen King's Bag of Bones, which I find a little odd given how he he looks when he dies. Exactly. Now, there are a few things that are a little unique unique about this movie this is the only one in this in the franchise where the death order is reversed um and this is also one of the only ones that doesn't include a memorial scene for those who have died the writers of this movie eric bress and jay mackie gruber came to write this film as kind of a trade-off so 
Bender Spink Entertainment read their script. Do you want to guess what it was? Uh, Is it a movie no. we've done? No, but it's a movie we referenced in this episode. Really? What movie is it? Yes. It is The Butterfly Effect. No shit. Oh. Okay. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah. So they wrote The Butterfly Effect, turned it in as a spec, and the company was like, we really like this. We have Final Destination 2. And they're like, we'll write Final Destination 2 if you let us direct Butterfly Effect. Okay. So that's how Butterfly Effect happens. That's Ashton Kutcher, right? Yes. Okay. Eugene's keychain has number 13, unlucky number 13 on it. Okay. When Rory took the elevator up to Burke's apartment, Rocky Mountain High plays his elevator music ah, again. okay. When Officer Burke, the, the state trooper, sees the pile up, he radios in, this is Unit 13 requesting medical assistance ah, for a major traffic okay, accident. Okay, okay, okay is unlucky as well yeah um multiple cast members in this film ended up appearing on smallville which was kind of funny it was like just one of those things where they all ended up working together on smallville number 23 along with 13 is considered an ominous number in some circles there's actually movies about it yep and route 23 was also originally called route 18 they changed it to route 23 to make it Spookier. Okay. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. Yes. So what do you think the production budget for Final Destination 2 was? Um, I mean, they do need a fair amount of CGI, both for the logs and for the plate glass and, mm -hmm. and the eye and stuff. So I'm gonna say this is probably a, at least a twenty million dollar movie. All right, Mikey, what do you think it was? Thirty. Two. Okay, so the production budget was $26 million, and if you adjust that for inflation, that's just over $40 million. Okay. Now, Final Destination that came out three years before this, the production budget was $23 million, so that was a pretty expensive movie to do, too. So this one wasn't that much more expensive than the original Final Destination was. Yeah, it's pretty consistent, I would say. Yeah. Now, the movie came out. January 31st, 2013, and it was number two in the box office that weekend. It was beat by The Recruit. Of course, Final Destination 2 was number two. Biker Boys, with a Z, was third. Kangaroo Jack was fourth. And Chicago, famously one of Mikey's favorite cities, was number five. What do you think it made, Final Destination 2, that weekend, the weekend of January 31st, 2003. I'm going to say 18 million. Okay. What do you think, Mikey? 14. All right. It made, you guys are on either side of it. It made $16 million. Uh, so it didn't quite make its budget back in its first week, but it was in the theaters for 16 weeks, but it was only in the top five its first two weeks. It then sort of fell out of the top five after that. So what do you think it made domestically in its box office run in 2003? I'm going to say 42. All right, Mikey, what do you think? I think Paige is right. So I'm going to go a little over. I'm going to go 38. Okay. It actually made 46.8 million. You guys were very close. And then made another 43.5 million internationally for a total of 90.3 million dollars total. Now, if you adjust that for inflation, that's going to put the total box office at 139.3 million dollars. But again, in 2003, it was just over 90 million dollars that it made. And that's your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit us with that scary scale? Yeah, scary scale listeners, scale of 1 to 10, how scary we found the film today. Uh, our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not a scale of quality, just of how scary we were when we watched it this time for this review page. Oh, it's a 1. It's a 1 for me. So, Todd. I'm going to give it a 3 because some of the gore made me, like, cringe and look away. All right. But, like. 
there's not much story to it. So like the movie itself is not spooky. I wonder if today after I watched it, like if when I go out, if I'll be like more concerned about life around me, you know, like that yeah, would be maybe. interesting to see. That will be because I think you're onto something there that this movie is probably scarier outside the theater than inside it. Yeah. <laughs> so this week, the listeners made us watch Final Destination 2. What are you guys making us watch next week? And it's a new month, right? So we know that we're off by a week, but in part, we're doing this because before we get to the theme after this month, so like we've got three serial killer movies, we've got a listener request. Then we're going to do a movie in between the next theme that stands on its own because we want you to have time to see it in theaters. So that movie is X. So you've got Serial Killer Month, three movies, listener request. X is its own own thing. Then next month we'll start our next month theme. So your homework is to... Watch Fresh. Yeah, Watch Fresh. I think it's on Hulu, right? It yep. is on Hulu. Yeah, so you can watch that one on Hulu and then find some time in the next month to go see X in theaters because we will be doing that at the end of May. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? You know what? That conversation confused me and I don't. Well, while you look one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review and we'll have Mikey read it for you. And we actually just blew past a thousand reviews. We went from 998 to... 1022 like overnight it was wild so thank you all for leaving us those reviews and please continue leaving us reviews it really does help so mikey whose review are you going to read this week i'm going to read i guess there's so many there are yeah i mean we literally got like 24 reviews in like a day and a half i'm just going to start the top and go down as we go let's do it this is from call me bryce lee awesome what do they say titled I'm in love. Aw. For the past few weeks, I have been binging this podcast and its sister podcast, Romancing the Pod, nonstop. Awesome. Thanks for listening to both. We appreciate it. So Todd is the titular Harvard. It's titular. Nope. And resident otter. It should also just be titular. I read the reviews. Say, oh, sorry. Sorry. It's just, whatever. And resident <laughs> otter because of how you look. What? And he is joined what? weekly by the goddess herself, Paige. That's fair. And his handsome bear friend, Mikey. What? I'm an otter and Paige is a goddess and you're handsome. I'm an otter. I don't well, make the rules. We don't I didn't write this review. I just read it. This is And unfair. they discuss some of the best and worst horror movies. Now I know what you're thinking. How is this different from other scores of horror movie podcasts? I don't know. I don't listen to them. That's me talking. <laughs> Does it really say that? No. Oh, that was okay. just me talking. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What makes this one particularly awesome is that Todd hates scary movies, and because of this, he brings insight to the films that many horror fans will not. Horror fans will not. The other two hosts bring a lot to the table as well. Paige is super knowledgeable about film in general, and I love her impromptu songs. Mikey brings his mental health experience into their discussions, which I quite enjoy. I love this podcast so much, and all the hosts are hot. Highly recommend. Oh, wow. Five stars. Hello. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I have a terminology update. I know what an otter is now. I, I Googled it. Oh, did you not know? No. Oh, is this like a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. yes, it it's is. I know what you're talking so, about. So uh, they're a bit like small bears. The term is used to describe the stereotype of bears but smaller, more lean, and potentially more effeminate counterparts. So, like, I would be a more effeminate bear. Yeah. Which I think is accurate. I surprisingly have gotten a lot of bear fans on this being on this podcast. Which, I mean, you are a very handsome bear, Mikey. I 
appreciate that, everyone. <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate the fandom. It is very flattering. Yeah, I'm happy to be an otter now. That's great. Okay. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at MRandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If if you want to financially support me but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick B. Nick B. Fun fact. He drives a big rig with logs attached to it. But the log is his dick. (laughs) Watch out for a huge hog with two G's driving down the M1 near you. He's, He's in Britain, right? They have the M1. This episode also brought to you by Tia. And Tia's teenager is driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? She got into an underage relationship with a police officer. Yeah, so Tia, uh, you better watch out for that police officer in your area hitting on your underage teenage daughter. She's probably already kissed him on the cheek at this point. Uh, <laughs> and held hands. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, this episode also brought to you by Mr. Ragebomb. And Mr. Ragebomb wants you to know that he makes the best, I'll say, horror virgin sanctioned memes, and he posts them to the THV memes account on Twitter. So look at at THV memes on Twitter for some awesome memes. This episode also brought to you by the letter Jeff, and Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down a new episode of the Jessica Jones Netflix Marvel TV show, but they've also moved on to Agent Carter. They've actually also recently moved on to WandaVision. So if you like Jessica Jones, Agent Carter, or WandaVision, check out Kissing Jessica Jones on any of your favorite podcast apps. We now return you to another well-thought-out episode of uh, The Patreonicals. Right now, the planet is... Like mostly water and yeah, because it's water worlded. Absolutely, yes. And S- Scott and Wes are trying to get their bodies back, so they they are down on the highway to Atlantis. I'm on a highway to Atlantis. Bam, yeah. bam. Yeah, absolutely. 
And so they're walking, you know, they're talking, and uh, they're like, man, Scott's really nice. He's like, Wes, I just hope you get a body. Not just because I hate you in my shoulder, but because it must be really hard to just live in my shoulder. Yeah, he's very empathetic. He's like, listen, I know that you're an inconvenience to me, but I also realize that you want a body, too. Mm -hmm. And they're like, man, I think we're like some nautical miles away. Some nautical nautical miles away. (laughs) So they're walking along. They're bonding or whatever. (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) The bad guys have built a giant, giant submarine. Oh, yeah. And Dreskel's got most evil Matthew. And he's like, they're in their like evil headquarter room. They're on the sub. And they're like, you got to get your shit together. Most evil Matthew. Like You get distracted by just doing the most evil things. We have a job to do, and we have to stop these people from going to Atlantis. It could ruin our plans. Like, lock your shit up, bro. I get it. Mm-hmm. Most people are like, ooh, 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 ooh. That's like what he sounds like when he talks. Is that what he sounds like? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. That honestly is the most evil way to speak, because no one can understand you. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, what? You're not getting it? Are you too dumb? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's some real older brother energy. So he's like, hey, the good guys are... <laughs> Building a uh, ship up there, a submarine that can go down to Atlantis. We got to stop them, right? So take take your boys and go up there or whatever. Stop them. Yeah. So Joey and Nathan, their professional wrestler tag team duo with Sneaky Snake, the snake that is also alive. Of course he's alive. He's yeah yeah he's sentient. I mean oh I mean, yeah I guess oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are sentient, yeah 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 yeah. But I mean like I real sentient. Yeah, like he can speak and stuff. He's more like Nagini than you know your common garden yeah. snake. And then most uh, Matthews like hey. Aaron and Danielle, you got to come with us to beat up the bad guys. And they're like, what? Why would we do that? He's like, if you don't, I'm going to convince Kaylee to get back with me. Oh, no. And they're like, why would you do that? And he's like, because it's evil. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that the god of the Patreonicals who's telling us a story right now is just eating little pretzel bits while he's talking about it. Creating a world is hard work. (laughs) It's Honestly, it's thirsty work, too. Why don't you grab one of those hard Mountain Dews, Mikey? It's nine. It's 9.02 in the morning. So, yes. It's 5. <laughs> so, and, but he's like, look, we've been doing things wrong. We got to pay Isaac to come back on the bad guy side. Oh, bribing. I like it. We got to go meet with him. So they go up. They go up and they, they're in a smaller submarine. They go up. They got Isaac. Isaac and Karun got there. And uh, most people, Matthew and the boys, they're all like, <laughs> the and, boys. And Daniel and Aaron. <laughs> they're like, you need to work on our side. What do you want? And he's like, Isaac's like, look, he's like, look, like, like, I want unlimited bodies to eat. I want to heat some people. And he's like, where's the Illuminati keeping population to repopulate the planet? Right. Where's the, where's that repopulation center? Because dad is hungry. Mm-hmm, Gross. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we do have a repopulation center at Shangri-La because it's on a high altitude. I do like that they named it after a uh, Stone Temple Pilots album. I'm I'm here for that. <laughs> it's the actual place in the Tibetan mountain. Oh, they're going to the real Shangri-La. Okay, I got yeah, you. It's oh, by okay. the water now that the water's up. You it's know what beachfront I mean? property, yeah. Uh-huh. He's like, okay, me and Karun will join you then. But Karun can't talk because he's just filled with rage. And he's like, we also brought you Dave to keep as a hostage. And Dave's like, this sucks. I get like the shit. I, I hate being on the Patreonicals. I just get the shit. I hate this. Yeah, I die, I die like, every well, week. I am the Patreonicals Kenny. Uh-huh. We're taking Dave as a hostage. So Karun and Isaac are like, what do you want us to do? And they're like, we need you to stop the submarine. We need you to attack them. So yeah. go, go do that. But Dave was there. So they're like, we got to Danielle and Aaron have they make them kill Dave, most even Matthew does, because he knows they don't like to kill. Oh, no. So they just hold his mouth shut. It takes a long time, and they're both crying over his body. Wow, that's this is real dark. 
Most even Matthew's real dark. It's like that scene in Saving Private Ryan oh. where the guy <laughs> oh, the slowly end. stabs the he Nazi. Stabs the guy. It's like, yeah. oh, it's, oh, I mean, he's a Nazi, but like, you're still like, oh, God, this is slow. I hate that guy, too, because he could have he could have killed like nine people and saved a bunch of lives, but he I didn't know. until then. I know. Oh, I, can't, I can't even get it. Yeah. Too. Okay. So anyway, Isaac and Karun go back to the submarine that Amy's building and designing. She's got her plans up. Kate's doing her stuff. And then um, Karun doesn't do anything, but Isaac picks up a big thing, throws it at Kate, knocks her unconscious. Man, and he's like, "What?" And uh, Shining Donut, who who is the base of this submarine, is like, "Oh my gosh!" And he's moving his tiny arms, <laughs> but they're small and they're on the sides, yeah, so they can't really reach small. into where they are. Yeah. And so Karun just went over to flick them. <laughs> oh, so mean. Uh, pretty mean. And then uh, Captain Brother is there with his first mate Amber. Okay. With their pirate guns. They're both pirates now. He he's like, "This is my first mate Amber. She lived." And she <laughs> also has a parrot, and they both she's have got parrots? like two two old timey guns, you know. Okay, and they shoot Karoon, uh, and he's like, "Well, fuck all y'all, I'm out." And then he's like, "Come on, <laughs> Karoon and Isaac." And so they like, like they like grab each other and they like run away. Uh, but the ship got fucked up, so it's gonna take another week for them to build it. And they're like, "What? What happened? Why those guys betray us?" And that's the end. Well, maybe next week we'll find out why, in fact, they did betray them on another episode of uh, The Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it oogie spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye! Truck hauling Nick B's penis nerds. (laughs) 